At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Here's Mick Mixon with Panther Talk, live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. Coach Rule talks about the brand. He wants complimentary football. He wants cohesion. He wants a balanced team that plays with the, the joy, the love of the game on display. And I don't know, fellas, I'm hard-pressed to think of any. It's not perfect yet. Football's not a game of perfect. We could break down several of the mistakes from yesterday. Coach Rule will do the same when he joins us shortly. But, man, if this is what Panther football is going to look like and feel like moving forward, we're in for a wild ride. It was extremely exciting. The defense, I thought, played phenomenal football. Uh, just the, the defensive front, the rush, to pushing back that, uh, that, that Saints offense back, you know, back two yards. I mean, Elvin Kamara, who's one of the best running backs in the history of the football, had five yards. On eight attempts. It's uncanny, and it, it just it doesn't even feel like it's right, but that had a lot to do with the Carolina Panthers' defense. The tenacity, getting after it, gap control, and just flying to the ball. And so if, if this is any indication, if this is an omen of something that, that we're going to see, then get your popcorn and peanuts ready because it's going to be exciting. But it's it's aggressive and it's flying to the ball, but under control. And that's the thing. A lot of times you see teams just go out there, you know, throw in the kitchen sink kind of thing. Like you're just out there, you're just reckless. They're just so, like you said, they're in their fits. And two weeks in a row, you take away the run, and you're holding to opponents like 2.6, 2.7 yards a carry. Number one defense right now in the league in terms of yards allowed. Guys like Dante Jackson making open field tackles on Alvin Kamara. So it's not. I feel like last year it's like if Brian Burns doesn't get there, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Now it's like they forgot Brian Burns because we had so many guys that he got an open sack on a blind side that nobody touched it because there were so many people to account for yesterday. And, and I, I love the play of Hassan Reddick. I, I love the fact that he lines up in that little wide nine open line of scrimmage. We look like we're morphed into a three-four defense. He comes off the edge and the the tackle is like he he, he doesn't even know what to do with them. He doesn't know what to do with the speed and the power that that young man possessed. And then getting to the ball, I was like, man, is he really that good? The answer is yes. He's that good of getting to the ball and getting to the quarterback. And Mick and I were talking on the radio this morning about it's not unsung because people who watch the game saw Morgan Fox. Yeah, The impact that he has made as another free agent addition from the Rams. I think he had eight quarterback pressures, three quarterback hits yesterday from a defensive tackle position mainly. I mean, it's just amazing. Daquan Jones can run. I mean, yes. he's not slow-footed. <laughs> no. This was not the story last year. The story last year was we couldn't stop the run on third down. We couldn't get off the field. That's not the story this year. The story is you got a four-man rush that is crushing offenses. That's the story. The offense of the defensive line, you can just rush four guys, and they would get it done. Absolutely get it done. Yep, and and there are times where you blitz, but like a lot of the disguised blitzes, right? Yeah. Sometimes they'll mug up at the line, and then they'll drop three or four into coverage. And I thought sometimes showing maybe on one side a blitz, backing off but doing it from the other, other side. side. I mean, just the the variety 
of pressures and then actually non-pressures that they were showing. It's, it's beautiful to watch. It is it is poetry in motion, and I'm a defensive guy. And when I watch a defensive, like these guys have something going on that's gonna that's gonna last, and that you build upon, and it will take you throughout game and game, winning games. I was thinking today, and this has been said before, but I was thinking there's a reason that Top Gun pilots are in their early 20s because that that young man, cavalier, we've all gone through it where you're not scared, you think you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof, and, yeah, joystick, throttle, horsepower, let's go, let's, <laughs> let's do go, it, let's do I'm it. in. And don't you feel like that's kind of this the personality of this defense? We we asked the question you know the beginning of the season uh, to Coach Rule. What's the character of this defense? What is it, and how do we define it? I think we see that character emerging. This team is fast, tenacious, and will punch you in the mouth legally. They they thrive on I'm going to beat you, the guy on my team, to the quarterback because I'm going to beat you. And he said, Well, you're not. Well, let's 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 do it. Let's let's see. And this competition that they got going on only serves them well. So. This is an outstanding defensive team. And there's so much uh, sharing of the wealth. There's there's 10 sacks shared among eight players. But in terms of just even the tackling, like we talked about Shaq Thompson in week one, we know how good Jeremy Chin is. How often have we even called his name this exactly. year? Exactly. And you know he's good, and you know he's doing his job, but there's so many. Uh, there's 10 other guys fighting to get to that spot that it doesn't have to be Jeremy Chin making every tackle out there. Glad Zoke mentioned, and it's not just the D, but I'm glad Zoke mentioned the Morgan Fox game he had. We'll talk about that later as well. The Dante Jackson, just a, a daggum missile coming out of nowhere to target a hip, make a tackle in space, beautiful mm-hmm. football. One of my other favorite plays of the game was Kamara. I think it might have even been a third down play. Kamara sweeping right, has the corner, but gets run out of bounds by Brian, short of the line of game by Brian, Brian Burns. Burns. It was absolutely – that was one of my favorite plays too because I said once, – once I saw uh, Kamara turn the corner, I said, man, I think he's going to pick up the first down. And the speed of Brian Burns and the angle he took to go ahead and limit – not getting the first down, but push him out of bounds. I'm like, man, is he – Brian Burns that fast? I, yes, he is that fast. And it just shows that – it shows that dogged determination that I'm going to get to the ball no matter what, and I'm not going to give you an inch. And he gave them nothing. They had to end up punting the ball. And this is a guy who put on a dozen pounds this offseason who has given up none of the speed, apparently, despite adding to his frame. Beast. Fun to watch. I'm, I'm imagining that the Saints weren't in any joking mood on the flight back to, to wherever they flew to. I don't think they're back in New Orleans for a, another Yeah, they're in Fort Worth through yet. Friday, then play at New England, then they, then they head home. But if they were in a joking mood, somebody could have gone up to Kamara and said, dude, you let a guy wearing number 53 <laughs> run you out of bounds short of the first down and you had the corner? Come on, man. Yeah, Brian Burns is a different he's, – he's a different cat. I mean, it kind of reminds me of um, – I keep calling him a freak, but I can't – Javon Curse. Javon Curse, yeah. He reminds me of Javon Curse. That yeah, type of no that type of player. I'm sure so, Sean Payton was in a big jokey mood. After I know he was this. not in a jokey <laughs> mood at all. Yeah, man, that would have been. That can't a, be fun. They, catch quick, another they quickly made Jameis Winston look pedestrian, like just vanilla. Like he's like he didn't play. Like he didn't have that great game last week. It's we, hard to throw left-handed. It turns out when you're right-handed. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? We got to go to break, but real quickly, guys. I, I thought another big moment in the game was, and I think Jim and I talked about this on morning radio too. Eugene's take on it was after the oh no no Sam. When he tried to, ugh, you know, heave it out of in the grass with crowded pie, you know, that's just no. We Sam! all know that, <laughs> and it's intercepted. So, 
now the next time on the field, he completes some passes, gets a couple first downs. It wasn't a scoring drive, but got the ball to midfield. Uh, and, and I thought that's big. That that shows that he's not – he wasn't locked up. He wasn't so worried about, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. He had kind of processed it and moved past it, and he's back playing good football. And he's back playing good football. He really has that kind of corner mentality, like he goes on to the next play. And that was evident by that play that you talked about, the interception, and then he comes right out and was just throwing the ball. He Sam Darnold was as advertised. The, the Carolina Panthers got a steal, if you will. That That is a great pickup. I think the Jets are good at grooming quarterbacks for other teams. Oh, my goodness. Zach Wilson is struggling. <laughs> I know, man. There's already st- uh, New York has already started writing. Zach Wilson, they're hunting <laughs> him out. I knew it. They hung him it. out to dry. Yeah, but they're already writing like, we should have kept Sam Darnold. No, he, you ruined him. So we had to go polish him up. I know, man. <laughs> the way it is in the league. All right, we got the big show. We'll talk to Coach Rule coming up in a second. We'll have DJ Moore shortly, and then our own interview with Scott Fitterer as well. And uh, then some broadcast roundtable talk, which we love. Stay tuned. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Go behind the scenes of the Carolina Panthers. Join Kristen Balboni, Darren Gant, and Will Bryan for the Happy Half Hour. Each week, the gang covers all things relating to your Carolina Panthers, both on and off the field. The Happy Half Hour and all our Panthers podcasts are available now on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Alexa. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. Stack twins left side, sprint right option pass. Darnold loads up, fires, complete Zilstra. He will score at the end in Panthers left side. McCaffrey leaves the backfield, starts left, heads to the right. And the throw, more caught, touchdown on a simple in cut end zone. I think the main takeaway from today is when we execute, do our, everyone just kind of does their job. We're a pretty good team. When we don't do our job, bad things happen. So this is a short week. It's going to be a, you know, a lot of guys got banged up today. A lot of guys are going to be under duress next week. So you know, um, we'll have to get ready to play Thursday. So we'll have to uh, just just take the the main uh, takeaway of hey, everyone do their job and understand that no matter who it is, the next guy steps up and and we all go execute as a team. Panther talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Panther Talk rolls on. Mick Mixon with Matt Rule, head coach of the 2-0. After two consecutive weeks going 1-0, Carolina Panthers of the NFC South. Coach, how much of how your defense is playing, particularly stopping the run, relates to how the secondary is coming up for you in run support? Uh, I think it's a big part of it. You know, stopping the run is about everyone doing their job and being really physical and being great tacklers. I think when you see um, Dante Jackson breaking on runs and, and making huge, huge tackles, uh, it shows a team-wide commitment because, you know, you can't get tired of stopping the run. You know, you've got to do it playing in and play out. It's physically hard. It's mentally challenging, but you have to do it. Last year one time, after a few weeks in, you were asked about Phil Snow, and I think this was after maybe some struggles on third down getting off the field. And I remember you said, Phil Snow's the best coach I know. How did you come to feel that way, and what makes him special? Uh, I was a graduate assistant at UCLA for him in 2001, and um, I, I just was amazed at his ability to, to get players to play their best football and get defenses to play well. So nothing's really changed for me. You know, I think, I think last year, I think Phil was fantastic at getting the guys to, you know, taking advantage of our players' strengths. And I'll say this, you know, when I say Phil Snow, I'm really talking about, you know, Jason Simmons, Mike Saravo, Al Holcomb, Frank Ocam, Evan Cooper, Don Johnson. I mean, all, all those guys on defense all do their part. Um, I think they've come up with really good game plans. But, you know, the game plans are only as good as your players. And our players, 
have digested them, they've owned them, and then they've gone out and delivered on them. And they're letting us coach them when they make a mistake. They're not being defensive, which is if we can coach and we can you know, have a lot of accountability, we'll be really good on defense. A lot of accolades to pass around, Coach Rule, from your defense yesterday. On the radio side, uh, we mentioned Morgan Fox. Jake DeLone mentioned Morgan Fox several times. Did he play well? He played really well. Um, Morgan's one of those guys who he has a unique ability. He's going to do a lot of good things, but he's never really going to do any bad things. You know, he's, a lot of guys are boomer bust guys. He's a he's a consistent guy who still does really really good things, and um, he's been a, one of the key additions. I feel like you know he and Daquan have brought something to that D line room that that only comes with you know veteran experience. Offensively, now you uh, spoke of your interest in the O line becoming more robust and improving their performance. How did they do yesterday? And then how big of a factor was John Miller in the game? Well, John was, a, you know, Johnny was a huge part of it. You know, he's such a physical presence. He's such a well-prepared, disciplined player, played hard, really secured the right side. You know, one of our keys to victory was, you know, hey, we had to protect the quarterback, and it was, a lot of it was going to be twist games and pick games, and, uh, you know, he, he did a nice job of, of handling that. Uh, we, we have to run the football better, especially when you have a lead. The other team's going to, you know, they're going to start playing, you know, really aggressively trying to get the ball back, and we, we've got to do a nice job of popping a run versus that. We weren't able to do that yesterday, and uh, that's what we need. Coach Rule on Panther Talk. Coach, I know you look at everything, every aspect, every metric. Was first down productivity an issue at all yesterday? Oh, yeah. We're not, we're not producing at the level we want on first down. That's going to be a key versus the uh, Houston Texans because they're one of the best teams in the National Football League at, um, at uh, creating negatives on first down. That being said, our second and, you know, second and long uh, offense was, was excellent, getting us back into manageable third down. So just trying to find a way to be a little bit more productive on first down I think is a key. What did your evaluation of your special teams performance yield? Yeah, I thought it wasn't it wasn't good at all um, in any aspect. Uh, uh, coverage, return teams, covers teams, protection teams, and so we, we we've got to improve. Um, and they've been good. Sometimes along the way, sometimes you lose your way, you get lulled into whatever. We, we've got to be way better. A couple final things for you on Panther Talk, Coach Rule. I, I, I don't know if I've ever heard a coach discuss game operations, scoreboard, uh, videos, et cetera, in such a positive way. Is it hard to take your eyes off what's going on now in Bank of America Stadium at times? Well, I'll just say this. The only time I looked at the scoreboard, there was no, there was no action going on. It was before the kickoff. But, um, no, I, I think at the end of the day, like, um, you know, when, when I, I, I want our team to play football the right way, and I want us to be – a humble team that plays hard, that plays the game the right way. And I want people to, to come to the game and feel like, hey, I got my money's worth, you know. And so when they come to the game and there's a great game day atmosphere and everything's elite, I think at the end of the day, I believe that the Carolina Panthers, everyone in the organization is all working uh, to be the best franchise in football. And so I appreciate the people who do their jobs at such a high level to make sure that the game day atmosphere is great. Because when the fans get excited and get loud, carries over to the team. It's all about creating energy. That, that to me, is, is awesome. So I, I thought it was elite. I thought how loud it was. I thought the fans were awesome on third downs. You know, caused a couple of false starts by them. And, and those things change games. It's like a drug. It's so much fun. Intoxicating to be a small part of. You're a fan of the CG, the computer-generated Panther, I hear? <laughs> yeah. I came home after the first game. I don't even know if my kids knew that we won the game or my daughters knew we won the game. They were fired up by it. So uh, seeing it yesterday, you know, at the end of the day, you know, each, each team wants to have uh, things unique to it that, that fans get excited about. So whether it's uh, the keep pounding, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's uh, uh, Sweet Caroline, uh, I think the, the CG Panther is pretty cool too. It does. It's a piece of the puzzle, no doubt. Last thing, Coach, we'll let you go. What's unique about this Houston Texan team that you're preparing to face? Well, you know, defense, I mean, they, they certainly have an identity. They, you know, Coach Culley's done an amazing job of, of quickly getting that, everyone moving in the right direction. Um, play really, really aggressively uh, on defense. You know, T- Lovey Smith's a defensive coordinator. 
um, Tampa 2, line movement, you know, D tackles and D ends playing at a high, high, high level uh, offensively. You know, they're going to run the football. He brings a lot of that Ravens offense, um, you know, RPOs, nakeds, play actions. It's a really difficult offense uh, to prepare for in such a short time. Brandon Cook's an excellent player for them, so we have a lot of, a lot of guys to get ready for. Head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule on Panther Talk. Coach, thanks for your time. Thank you. First down productivity. He said that uh, they'd address it. What will that process look like? Run new plays, work harder at the plays that they had run. A lot of it was runs, first down runs with McCaffrey, and the Saints were sitting on it. Here it is because, one, on first down, it's typically a rundown anyway, and so you can always drop down into an eight-man front and just and, and play the gaps. And and then the offense has to be perfect. you gotta, you got to be perfect. So that's why I'm a big fan of on first down, play action pass, because everyone gets set for typically the run. You come out with a run just to, to test things to see what you got going on. Uh, I think first down, hit them with a play action pass, that's something totally different that I think more teams should go to a little bit more because it loosens things up. That first drive in a nutshell was 32-yard pass, 20-yard pass, 20-yard pass to Zilstra and a touchdown because it was kind of like you said, it was like a little bit off of what you would expect an initial drive in the NFL to look like with tempo. And you can't play that way, that kind of red gun offense all the time like that. But you're right. I thought the reason that it was what it was was they were loading up to stop the best player on the field. I would. McCaffrey in the box to try to take that away from you. And they did. Uh, but uh, you heard Jake talking about during the game, throw it, Paulson, Adebo. And they did. And D.J. Moore ended up having a big day. And mm-hmm. others, others, others did as well. Coach Rule also mentioned Houston. He's obviously deep into his preparation for the Texans. They're coached by David Culley. Uh, former quarterback at Vanderbilt. He waited a long time to get a shot. First black quarterback in the history of Vanderbilt and has coached everywhere. H- have you encountered him, Eugene, in your travels? Do you know no, David I, Culley personally? I, I, no, I haven't. Uh, but what I did hear Coach said, it, it reminds me of that, that Baltimore Ravens offense. That Baltimore Ravens offense is, is very, very good. It's very good. You got a lot of RPO stuff that they love to do in the Baltimore Ravens. They'll, they'll, they'll zone stretch you, but they'll pull that ball immediately, and now the quarterback is an option, a viable option. Now, the fact that Tyrod Taylor is not there, that may change things up a little bit. Uh, I, I haven't seen Mills, so I, I don't know. And he was playing well. He was 11 out of 12 before the hamstring injury yesterday, and you know, Mills was kind of thrown in there and was you know, mixed, mixed results, but he would have a, you know, at least some days of preparation heading into this one. But the RPO is, is is going to be huge and big. I'm not bitter about it. I've gotten over it. But a former coach here whose initials were – I don't want to name his name, but his initials were John Fox. Uh, <laughs> I remember talking to him. He's lecturing me on how hard it is to find a quarterback that can make plays in the pocket. And I said, well, then don't. I mean, don't block these rush ends. Just read them. And, and don't tell me these athletes aren't out there. They're in Florida. They're in California. They're in Texas. They're in New, New, New York, New Jersey. They play shortstop. They're point guards on the basketball team. They can pass the ball, Absolutely. and they can run the ball, and they, they're they a handful. Nobody's figured out yet what to I do like with the running year quarterback. I like final year McMixon. Final year McMixon is just like, <laughs> let me tell you something. And Foxy patted me on the head, <laughs> he patted you on the head. and said, don't quit your day job, Mick. No, but you, you're absolutely right, Mick. The quarterback is, is the dangerous. The following people can. <laughs> now, now, uh, now, now, Mick is also in favor of having two quarterbacks on the field. I know that you are in favor of that. You, you might mean check out maybe one Socrates. The, yeah. Socrates. <laughs> I, I have invented the Mixon hybrid attack, which we'll rem- I will not discuss on this show. Okay. 
but you know somebody it's called someday will owe me an apology. But but think about it. It's New Orleans has done that with uh, with, with uh, Hill. With Taysom Hill. That's, my whole point. That's your whole point. Is that is that? Now, I mean, the last ten years. I mean, Cam Newton. He's not just back there patting the football, making plays from the pocket. How many rushing? Cam Newton had more rushing touchdowns than Marshawn Lynch. I know. <laughs> not, but you know. Okay. Alexander Graham Bell, they laughed at him right over the damn telephone. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that Edison guy? Who's been in the light? Oh, my God. Socrates. There you go. Injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina. And what you find out when you do these things is your quarterback gets hurt when you do these kind of plays because okay. Tyrod Taylor will not play. He's got a hamstring injury. <laughs> Lamar Jackson's still playing. <laughs> and he did a flip, too, by the way. He shouldn't have done that, but he did yeah, do he a flip. Have done that Davis either. Mills will be the starter for them. And uh, Pat Elfline. Hamstring injury uh, will be ruled out for this game. Yitor Grossmatos, also ankle injury. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, your care, your, your way. way. This may not be my final. I may come back and coach. <laughs> there you go. You need to come back and coach. <laughs> no, that will not be happening. I, I guarantee you that. All right, stay tuned. We'll have an improved uh, segment in the next segment, much better than this last segment when we – Talk to DJ Moore. It's next on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panthers Hall of Honor members Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome are back for another season of Jordan and Jake. Each week, Jordan and Jake share their thoughts on Panthers news, take a trip down memory lane, and keep you updated on Jordan's farm and Jake's horses. Jordan and Jake and all our Panthers podcasts are available now on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Alexa. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. Troutman, the tight end, motions from near to far. Uh-oh, Reddick rushing in on Winston and eats him up. It is a sack. Winston being pressured. Oh. Down he goes. At the 32-yard line. On third down and two. Third. In trouble, sacked at the 31. Whatever was called, we actually at a high level. And uh, we really lim- we did everything that we said we had to do as far as the keys of limiting 41 and uh, keeping Jameis in the pocket and pressuring. Back to Mick Mixon, Jim Silkey, and Eugene Robinson with Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. It's Mick Mixon with the great DJ Moore, Panther wide receiver on Panther Talk. DJ and I used to live in the same neighborhood, although his crib was a lot nicer than mine. How are things in the uh, in the hood these days, DJ? They're, they're staying quiet and it's, it's peaceful, so, yeah, it's all good. You keeping an eye on my old house? Yeah, I am. I'm watching it for you. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. How um, How's your game right now? It seems like you and the offense got it humming along pretty good. It's going good. Uh, we're still building, but uh, we're hitting on uh, with all the efficiency right now, so we're just going to keep building on it week to week. How's your body holding up? My body's feeling great. Uh, I do have you have your nicks and, and burns on the turf, so uh, the turf burns be be like and spots you don't even think of until you get in the hot tub or something, then you can feel it. I hadn't thought about that. So it is different for you playing on that surface? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a little different from going from the grass to the turf, but uh, – the turf, I would say, is faster than the grass. Interesting. DJ Moore with us. The quarterback, Sam Darnold, looks like he throws kind of a catchable ball. How do you read it as a receiver? Shoot. Just got to read it and just catch it uh, when it's coming like a, a dart or even if it's just in the air and, uh, on a soft play. Uh, just got to zero in on the ball and just be able to uh, understand, like, uh, he's throwing it for that, that type of wave for a reason. 
DJ, are you one of those receivers where you you don't you try not to look at your own personal stats and just concentrate on fitting in in the team dynamic? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't pay too much about the stats. Um, everybody here will tell you that I'm a team player, um, and I'm looking to just have fun and just go out there and win with the guys. Looks like this receiving core blocks well in the run game. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, we do. We do our part in the run game and uh, help Christian see whatever he uh, can see to get uh, have a big play out there. So that's what our job is when uh, the run plays are called. Have you gotten into Houston yet? Started looking at their D? Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Uh, I don't know too much about them right now, but I just know a little bit. Lastly, before we let you go, how's uh, how's your life, family? What uh, what hobbies and interests you've been getting into lately? Uh, everybody's good. Um, no hobbies, no hobbies during the season right now. Uh, besides just having fun right now with everybody. Any new cars, new tattoos, anything to report in on? New cars, new tattoos, no new tats. I do get a new car. That's about it. You seem happy. You got the big old smile on your face. That's contagious, man. Thanks for your time. Good luck to you this week. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm Mick Mixon. Stay tuned. Panther Talk continues right after this. Listening to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast has never been easier. Simply download the Amazon Alexa app, add the Carolina Panthers skill, and say, Alexa, play Carolina Panthers. Now playing Carolina Panthers. Be sure to also add the Carolina Panthers flash briefing to your morning routine. For more information, visit Panthers.com. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health, because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. Once again, the Panthers blitz, this time late. Winston reverses out, hit as he throws, long ball down the middle of the field, intercepted Burris at the 7. Burris to the 10, cuts to the near side, 15 to the 20, and he will cruise out of bounds at the 23. Big time play, Darnold. Gives to McCaffrey on the counter. McCaffrey to the 10. McCaffrey to the 5. And McCaffrey insists on the end zone. (laughs) Touchdown, Carolina. I mean, it's a good win, good divisional win. Um, Still a lot of things that we can clean up on offense. Um, You know, defense did a great job out there, but there's still a lot to clean up. Um, And it's early in the season, so uh, we're just going to keep taking it one game at a time. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. It's that time on Panther Talk where we – talk to Scott Fitterer, general manager of the Carolina Panthers. So yesterday I was walking down on the field and ran into you, Scott, and you were kind enough to introduce me to your beautiful family. How did you meet your bride? Well, we met through a family. Uh, I was living down in L.A. at the time. She's actually a Seattle girl, but we met down in uh, L.A., uh, kind of set up through family, and uh, just kind of hit it off from there. And it was after college for both of us. Uh, We started dating. we were together at the time down there, and then we got the job in Seattle. And at that point, we decided, you know, I was going to go back to Seattle. She went with me, and the rest is history. We got married. It was easy to see why you were attracted to her. What did she see in you, do you think? <laughs> well, that's a shock. <laughs> I don't know. I, we got to check her vision, don't we? Um, no, I, I, you know, she is, she's a great girl. Uh, she's a great mom, and uh, I'm just very fortunate to have her in my life. Is that – uh, one of those times when you know you got your family here, you're down on the field. Pre- pre-game just seems like a special time at home, anyway. Do you enjoy that component of your job, Scott? Yeah, we do. You know, I spend so much time here at the office. It's nice to share game day with them. They get to experience, you know, being down on the field, being near the players, and kind of put like something with, you know, uh, what I do every day. You know, they get to see like the results of it. They get to be a part of it and share that, and so it helps them as well. Talking to Matt Rule, he likes the uh, computer-generated 
Carolina Panther, the big, the big black cat. How, how do you and your family feel about it? We love it. We were talking about it last night. I think it's a, I think it's a great, uh, just new thing that we're doing here in Carolina. I think it's exciting. I think the fans get into it, and I think when you see it, it's uh, you can actually feel it in the stadium with the noise, and it's a really fun thing to experience. We get into some more serious football with you now. Where do you think the uh, the Carolina Panthers are through uh, through two games relative to what your goals are for this team? I really like where we're at defensively. I think we're fun to watch. We fly around. We're physical. Uh, Phil Snow's doing a great job calling the game, creating different pressures. Just to see how it's all come together with Hassan and Brian Burns and Derek and Daquan and you know Shaq really being the leader out there and JC. All those all those guys have really played well together. And how it complements our offense, you know, running running the ball with Christian McCaffrey, Sam showing a lot of poise back there, you know, making the right decisions. So I, I'm really pleased with where it's uh, where it's at right now. Did we get a little glimpse yesterday, Scott Fitter, of uh, what Dan Arnold could possibly bring to this offense? That's what we've seen all offseason. That's what we saw during OTAs. That's what we saw at training camp. And I think yesterday was kind of a breakout day for him. I know he can do it. I think uh, he and Sam have a really good rapport. And so I think we're going we're gonna to see more and more of that as we go. What about special teams? What areas for potential growth do you see there? I think uh, just the coverage. We need to be more disciplined in our lanes. Uh, if we're not going to kick it into the end zone, have you know the touchbacks, we have to be really disciplined running down the field and staying in our lanes. I think uh, Alex Erickson's done a good job on his return so far. He's been really efficient. He's making the right decisions back there, which it's not all, all about return yards. It's about making the right decisions, what to do with the ball, when to fair catch it, when to leave it alone. So, um, And then I think uh, just seeing uh, Zane Gonzalez, Gonzalez's uh, confidence throughout the week. Um, I know he had the one extra point miss uh, yesterday, but uh, I think uh, I think he's shown a lot since he's been here. He's shown a lot of poise, and uh, I'm excited to see where that goes. GM Scott Fitterer, our guest on Panther Talk. Wasn't all bad on teams, as you mentioned, Alex Erickson. How big a play was that in the game, Scott? The short punt that ends up hitting, I think, Kirkwood, and then Erickson goes back and gets it. Right, he just he's in the right spot. He's done this for so long. He has such a great natural feel for the game. He's a really intelligent person. He's very poised back there. So I think he's, uh, he's a guy that we're comfortable with going forward and uh, helping us in that department. Where do you fall on the subject of Thursday night football? I know it puts a lot of stress on coaches and players. You know, it's really about recovery for the players during the week. I'm excited about it because I like to go out there and see the, the team right away, especially when you're playing well, defense is flying around. I think we need to build on this. This is just the next game for us, but I'm excited about uh, getting out there on Thursday. Last question for you. The uh, the Carolina Panthers have every show and every indication of being good road teams. The Seattle Seahawks, where your taproot runs, good good football team on the road. What does it take to be a, a team that, that relishes the challenge of going on the road and quieting the crowd? You know, I think it's just uh, not doing anything different, not doing anything special. Just kind of keep doing it one play at a time, being disciplined with uh, with your offense, with your defense. Uh, you know, having a routine when you're on the road that really helps. Um, and just knowing how to travel. It's really, when it gets down to it, it's you're just playing football again. It doesn't matter where you're at. And so to us, it's just uh, it's best doing what's right. That's how we'll roll with it. We try to do the same thing on the broadcast side. Appreciate you, Scott. Thanks for being on the show tonight. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. How to, it's a little bit of a trick question. How to be a good road team in the NFL. Number one is be a, just be a good team. Exactly. And then you're professional. You handle your business. And is there something, though, Eugene and the Zoke, too, the, the kind of teams that have that sort of attitude where they, uh, you know, Bill Walsh used to say one of his favorite things was going into a city with only 53 players, some staff, going into a city that's off 
just off the, the charts excited about football and, and getting a road win? I used to love playing on the road. I, I love playing against the opposition at their place because you, it seems like you, you have to do more. you got to overcome the, the, the fans. Uh, you got to overcome a lot. It's going to be noisy. You, 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 you know, it gets exciting. Mm-hmm. And from that standpoint, I just, I just love it. And I used to look forward to being, oh, we're going to play this guy on the road. We play this guy on the road. You got to bring your A game. And don't forget, if it's a Thursday game, everybody has the same amount of time to get ready for the game. So this is, everything is even. Mm-hmm. So now it's becoming your character and, and, and the type of team that you are that you bring out there to on the road to Houston that will determine whether you win or not. And everybody plays one at some point. It's usually a Thursday game. So, um, yeah, and the good teams get a lot of these, you know, Mondays and everybody Thursdays. And because, yeah, that's the, the, the payoff is you get up to five of these. But I think for the Panthers, yeah, I think when you play good defense especially, you can really go in and go quiet the crowd. I like that Matt Rule genuinely appreciates the fans in Charlotte yesterday because you had those back-to-back where you had the offensive line jumping for New Orleans. That's 10 yards. And it took them out of that series. And so – you know, you know what that does for you. So you know now you got to be disciplined going on the road, potentially to a loud place in Houston and then Dallas the week after that. That you've got to be able to your point, be silent count or overcome crowd noise and, and do the kind of things that happen when you play on the road. But I would think that'd be fun too to go in and just Love hush a big crowd that's excited and just take their steal their joy and just get out of town with a win. Fans here, one of the things I love about living in the Southeast and being from the Carolinas is that football, as we always say, it's not just what we do. It's part of how we live and who we are and how we identify this part of the country, high school, Friday nights, college games, tailgating, of course, the NFL with the Panthers. And so the fans here, I think, have a high football IQ. They know know football. They know when to hoot and howl and be disruptive in the stands, and we saw it yesterday. And when to be quiet. I mean – you can be as loud as you want when the defense, your defense is out there. Be loud. But when your offense is out there, you, you want to go ahead and simmer it down a little bit. you got to get loud on the time in between plays. But when the plays get ready to start, you got to shut it you, down. You guys weren't here for the initial years, but David Langton and Byron will appreciate this. You remember like the initial years, the fans would be so excited they'd be doing the wave while we had the ball in the office. It became like a thing where like the media would like do articles about – our fans are doing the wave and making noise while we're having an important third down on offense. No. <laughs> it's like the complete no. opposite. The players would be like flapping their arms. Stop it. Uh, no, he's, that guy's trying to fly. Yeah, let's we, fly. But we were new to your point. Like this has become a mature 27-year-old football franchise now here. So the fan base has grown up around that. But initially we're just like head slapping like, no, don't. That guy's not trying to fly. I want to tell you something <laughs> about the uh, the CG, the computer-generated Panther uh, and it relates to a real Panther, uh, and I'm going to do that after the break. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Each week on the Jordan and Jake Podcast, Panthers Hall of Honor members Jordan Gross and Jake DeLone share their thoughts on all things Carolina Panthers. Available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Mick, the Zoke, Junior Rob, a little housekeeping here. First of all, going back to uh, talking about uh, John Fox and all that, don't anybody take what I say too seriously. Uh, the point of my story then was just how the game has changed, how offenses ha- has evolved, and, and it'll continue to do so. Secondly, um, the, the computer-generated Carolina Panther. Have you guys seen it? Yes. Yeah. What, do you th- what do you think? I absolutely love it. I absolutely I love when it's grabbing the, 
the flag of the Saints and it's tearing it to shreds, and then Sir Purr comes picking up the flag. And I mean, it it seems so lifelike and so real. It, it feels as if there's an actual Panther on the field when you're watching it uh, when you're watching it on television. I wish like I could. It, yeah, no, I, I've only seen it, it on my phone basically because of uh, our our view of what we can't see from the the jumbotrons or what do you call in the two end zones. But it's amazing just the technology behind that and just the the, the loudness, just the strength and the power of that. I think it's great. I'm surprised there hasn't been more of that. Like I didn't realize when the Panthers did it that was groundbreaking that nobody else had anything wow. like that. This was kind of like the because ESPN was running with it and stuff like that. Like nobody else has anything uh, to this degree. They may have something somewhat similar, but I guess no one has exactly kind of what the, the Panther version of it and is. And I love the fact that the Panther jumps from one place to another place like, I mean, soars in the air. I mean, it just jumps yeah. from the top of the stadium to the to the field, back up to the to the concession stand. I mean, it, it is really, really good. I mean, if you're a fan of CG, you'll love it. At the time so, you came in the broadcast booth, that was crazy. <laughs> so all this got me thinking about our, our friend who used to work here, Mike Kraft. A lot, Mike did a lot of work on the TV side. And Crafty one time was telling me that years ago in the early, I think it was in the early days of the, the franchise, that they brought a real no. Black Panther <laughs> into the stadium and it had handlers. And so they were going to shoot a series of video promotions. So Mike said he's got his camera set up in the lower, about 12 rows back, he's got his camera set up to video it. And he said at one point the Panther jumped about 15 feet into the air and jumped on up from the field, up on top of one of the concrete. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, one it's of the like pl- ten feet. <laughs> yeah, it just jumped up there. And, and Mike said, "I turned around and I started running out of the stadium." <laughs> and he said, "And when I stopped running, I was in Dilworth." <laughs> <laughs> just what those cats in real life are capable of. I've seen too many of those shows of where. Yeah, animals gone wild. Nah. Like they're on the set, and everyone's petting them. Next thing, no, it won't go wild on me. Something awful happens to the person interviewing them. I want the so CG. Mike did, Mike did the right thing. Yeah, let's just do the computer. Let's get this computer graphic. Computer generated is the way to go. We like that one. All right, so let's transition to Houston. the The Tyrod Taylor situation. So Tyrod Taylor, underrated probably in his career as a quarterback, but he's got a thigh, kind of a hamstring. So can, do we know tonight that it's going to most likely be Davis Mills, the Stanford? former Stanford Cardinal, as their starting yeah. QB. They've already ruled out that they will not use Deshaun Watson. And Tyrod Taylor, by all reports, is not going to play. So that, again, you look at Davis Mills came in and played in the game yesterday, about half of the game, uh, for Houston. So it makes sense. He's their third-round pick out of Stanford. Because the other one they have is um, a veteran guy. He's on their practice squad right now. Jeff, I can't uh, anybody in the room? Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. Remember him? Yes. So he's on their practice squad right now. So, yeah, in theory, he could play. But you would think since they brought in uh, Davis Mills that he would be the guy and uh, played half the game and would be the one that would at least start the game. And don't forget, when your quarterback position is unsettled, when it's unsettled, your team is unsettled. Uh, everything moves because of the quarterback. you got to have a quarterback in this league uh, to, to run the show. And if there's not running the show, you're not going to move. You're going to only move in spurts. And you can't beat a team in spurts. Not a very good team. And a team that's coming in with the Carolina Panthers is a very, very good team. So I think that Houston may be in trouble because their quarterback position is unsettled. they got a stable of backs. I mean, Rex Burkhead, the former Patriot, Mark Ingram, uh, David Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Defensively, they're pretty, pretty good. 
And um, yeah, Brandon I, Cooks at receiver. Yeah, Brandon Cooks exactly. So, but don't forget uh, you got to drop back and pass, and drop back and pass on our, on our defense. I think they're going to be chomping at the bit to get to that quarterback and doing all sorts of stunts and picks and everything else to get to that quarterback just with a four man rush. All right, more about that when we continue with Panther Talk from Bank of America Stadium. Stay tuned. Go behind the scenes of your Carolina Panthers with the Happy Half Hour Podcast. Available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. I think I mentioned this on the broadcast, kickers. Uh, kicking in the NFL is kind of like dating. You know, you break up with one because <laughs> you don't feel like you were well-paired or maybe you thought you could do better. But then a month later, you run into her in the gym, and she's been working out. <laughs> and say, dang it. You say, hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, hey, hey. how you been doing lately? <laughs> Survey says, eh. So the one thing that can't happen, Eugene, is Joey Sly cannot kick a 72-yard field goal to beat the Panthers. He's the Houston kicker. Yeah, he's the so Houston kicker. Get that kicker. up above ground right away. A- absolutely, but you, you're right. Uh, Joey Sly goes to Houston, and – Doing his thing there, and then we have. He did this. miss his one field goal yesterday. Graham yeah, Gano's kicking unbelievable right now. Gano has made thirty-five in a row, and, uh, it, and it's uncanny because a kicker you got to have you got to have that guy on your team who is, you know, that you can count on to make get points, and you can count on to put the ball when you kick off in the end zone. Those things matter, and if they don't happen. You better be a great cover team because uh, yeah. those it, guys on the other but side. But it is a run. team operation. We saw yesterday Zane Gonzalez get one blocked, and that was nothing he could do. There were two breaches in the blocking on that one, so it's not always just the kicker either. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm talking about the kickoff. And yeah, kickoff, the kickoff, that kickoff is, needs to go in the end zone. That should be like almost like a minimal requirement, you would think. I, I really yeah. think it needs to be you got in the two end options, zone. right. Kick it deep, and it's a touchback, or kick it shortish, but cover it. And cover and, it. Uh, either one of the two options. I mean, some some teams intentionally kick it. They do in, inside the ten to try to hustle with some air under it and try to hustle down and cover it, or just punt it then, get the hang time and punt the ball to like the twenty yard line, and you're good. Get the hang time. I don't know. I'm, you got to kick that ball in the end zone though, or just onside kick it every time. Don't do that. <laughs> I think Erickson in the return game though has been a find. I mean, he made the heady play. It's not, you know, you don't feel like you got Devin Hester back there, but you feel like you got a professional football player that knows how to track the ball, secure the catch, and then get upfield. I thought I, I was impressed with he was securing the catch, that he he was very shorthanded, and that is a commodity. When you got a guy who can who can handle the punt, that's a good thing. And they had him on the field early as a receiver, too, so he can, again, give you some depth and give you some different looks at, at the wide receiver position on top of that. Going to Houston, play the Texans, short rest, and then at Dallas, after Ooh, that, like that, interesting part of the schedule, the Lone Star State. Good show, guys. Thank you for it. Eugene Robinson, Thank you. Jim Zoki for for these guys and uh, the rest of our crew in here in the Langtonian Institute of Broadcasting Studios. This is Mick Mixon. Thanks for listening to it. We'll see you next week for more of what we call Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.